Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult self-help fiction novels, The Land of Blue and Devon Dream Agent Book One in the Devon series. Each of my books deals with the theme of intuition because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice, the one of your best self, the highest self, in order to live your best life and also to trust that voice and develop it in order to help and serve humanity. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast. Thank you so much to our listening, growing listener base. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly blog at my website, jillsylvester.com, after you listen to today's podcast or before. Topic today, do you cringe at the change of the seasons? This can be such an anxiety-provoking time for so many people. So we're going to talk today about how to embrace what you can't control. A lot of people have a really, really hard time this time of year uh, with the change of the seasons. Now, you can also take this metaphorically as well as literally for today's today's theme. Um, you know, change of any kind, uncertainty. A lot of people have a really hard time embracing change. And particularly with the change in the light, people are reminded of the darkness, the decreasing light, the changing light, the shadow side of life. So when we focus on that, do you see how one might be contributing to their own negative feelings, right? When we when we look at something in that negative light, recall thoughts, feelings, behavior. So when you look at something in that gloomy perspective, it's all yucky, it's it's dark, it's it's, you know, um it's gremlin-like, it's land of blue-like, if we focus on that, instead of focusing on the fashion, the crisp mornings, the changing falling leaves, the hot chocolate, the time to go within and get closer to your soul and its longings and its message for change, we're not going to feel as good as when we focus on those positive things. Now, easier said than done at first. And it does take a little bit more than that, a little bit more in depth than simply affirmations of I love the fall, you know, or I love the changing seasons. Um, Affirmations is a part of it, but that's part two. So let's dive in. And first, we'll start with our weekly sponsor. The law office of Stephen J. Delamere in Stoughton has been practicing law since 1992 and understands that every client has different needs. They handle matters involving personal injury, real estate closings, real estate planning, litigation. For more information, contact Steve, who happens to be a great guy, at 781-344-0012 for a free consultation. That's the law office of Stephen J. Delamere at 781-344-0012 for a free consultation. Okay, so strategy number one, if you are a person who does not like the change of the seasons and anticipates uh you know, the changes to come and the uncertainty and the gloominess and the darkness and and all of that, if that's your perspective, then this one's for you. And the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is grab your journal or let your mind go to the first thing that comes to mind when you think of what the universe, your angels and guides, God, whatever it is for you, might be saying to you in the quiet. So meaning... If you were to get quiet and sit in that darker-ish place, what is the first thing that comes to you that you might need to ponder? For example, 
Do you need to lose weight? Do you need to say you're sorry? Do you need to forgive someone? Do you need to work on something that you put off? There might be a few things that you need to ponder. But what is the very first thing that comes to mind? Write that down in your journal or ponder it on a run or just standing still in stillness meditation or just quieting your mind and asking that question and then trusting your gut to the first thing that comes. Be brave. Usually we know what it is. That's what trusting your intuition is all about. It's about allowing yourself to trust that first impulse, the very first thing. Because we usually know what it is. We know what we don't want to sit in quiet for. We know the things we're going to have to think about, the things we're going to have to face or consider um, or anticipate. So now it's a matter of focusing on it for this exercise and to give it attention. This is what the quiet brings. This is what stillness encourages and why it's hard. So many people, again, are so afraid of or get anxious about uh, the darkness, sitting in darkness and being alone with their thoughts. You know, that metaphor of darkness, of just sitting alone in that depth time when things don't feel so great and light-filled. So they run from it, and they avoid it. And this is when the anxiety can get louder and more buzzy and more electric and more nerve-wracking. And anxiety about the thing is always more intense than the actual thing because it's the anticipation of things being bad and awful and scary and not the same as summertime or when it's light or when we can just go and be busy as opposed to hunkering down with ourselves. It's it's a difficult time and, and rightfully so until you learn to change your mind about it and that's what we're talking about today. I remember being so afraid of sitting alone when I was younger during a particularly anxious time and and quite honestly most of my life prior to doing this work was anxious all the time 24-7 years and years and years of just straightforward just anxiety um, I hated it I would do everything I could to avoid sitting by myself and just be around people and situations so that I wouldn't have to sit and listen. Now, I wasn't conscious of what I was doing or what I was running from. I wasn't, you know, thinking, I don't want to sit still because I don't want to hear what spirit has to say to me. You know, I didn't have the language for it then. But I realize now that on the other side of being completely owned by anxiety is that subconsciously, I didn't want to listen or hear what spirit had to say to me. And it's scary. You know, it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, God, I'm listening. You know, what is the first thing I need to do or say or be or let go of in order to grow? That is not an easy exercise to do. And most of us don't just emerge into this place where we go, you know, okay, I'm going to embrace all the anxiety I feel about sitting in stillness and sitting in that darkness. It's, it's not an easy thing to sit in your shadow side. But I feel that the change of seasons is a call to that, to our shadow. And it's understandable why we wouldn't like it. But you also have to ask yourself, if it's not a great time for you, and if you're running from something, and you you know, you know, you, you know if you are, you know if you're avoiding something, and it's not something you need to discuss with somebody else, it's just something you know inside yourself, then you can't possibly 
love how you're living. Because I can almost guarantee that if you are living in your highest and best self, doing what God intended for you to be doing, living on purpose, then you are loving all the seasons, all the time, and the change that it brings. So if you're not, grab your journal and write down the first thing that comes to mind of what you feel you need to face, what you feel you need to do, what changes you need to make. If there's more than one, run with it. But all I'm going to encourage you to do for this exercise is to write the first thing that comes to mind and then deal with that. Be brave and just do it. Byron Katie, in her great book, Loving What Is, says, bring the truth home to yourself and begin to set yourself free. And that leads us to the second strategy. Once you get real with yourself, just between you and God or your guides or whatever terminology works for you, what is now one thing you could do to move in the direction of that flow to feel better? One thing is maybe, you know, you stop going to extremes because sometimes in the things that we don't want to face, we think we have to take the whole daunting task all at one time. So your mind might go to, you know, I have to lose 60 pounds all at once. I have to leave this whole relationship and what's going to happen to my family? Uh, What's going to happen to my friendship? What's going to happen if I leave this town? What will my life look like? You know, instead, break it down to one thing, just one thing that you can do instead of finding yourself in these huge extremes, which makes us far less able to deal with the task at hand, which is just putting one foot in front of the other to get yourself out of the energetic space that you are. The universe loves action. All you need to do is identify one thing and do that. And then I'm going to challenge you, once you identify that one action plan that you, or one thing that you decide you need to do, is to do one thing in that theme every single day. Get out of the gremlin extremes. Gremlin energy loves extremes. They want you to go to all or nothing. You're either going to be a success or a failure. You're either going to be good or bad. It's either going to be light or dark. Like they, they want you to focus on extremes because it's going to be so much more overwhelming and intimidating for you to take this task on. Keep it simple. If losing weight is your thing at this time of year, then maybe you don't eat chocolate today or sugar or chips. Pick one thing. And then focus on what you can do tomorrow. If it's speaking your truth to your mother or your husband that you feel like you need to, you know, own, then say something like, you know, if you're talking to some, either one of those two people or someone else in your life, you say something like, no, I don't want that for dinner tonight, or I don't want to watch that show, or I don't want to go to that place. I've never liked it there, and I've always wanted to tell you, and now I can, and oh my God, I can breathe. You know, maybe that's your exercise for today, is just to voice yourself to someone in your life that you've really never, you know, just owned yourself to or held held your power to. Maybe it's just speaking up about a simple thing, a TV show you don't want to watch, a meal that you don't want to have, a conversation you don't want to entertain. And then tomorrow, maybe you voice yourself about something else to that person. In the work, in the action though, 
You need to congratulate yourself for these little small things that you're doing in each day. Because what's so awesome about taking this work on is that the little small things, like maybe not eating chips today in the vein of losing weight, or maybe just speaking up and disagreeing with somebody and owning your voice, or whatever it is that you feel like the universe is the message is for you, is that the small things are really big things. They're really, really big things. And you need to feel amazing about this because once you set your intention to make change and to face the thing that you feel is calling you in the quiet, every action you take is ginormous and it contributes to your evolution. Know that. Knowledge is power and it's the first part. So when you can own it and say, yeah, I really need to make good on this. I really need to start this project that's been gnawing at me for years. I really need to, to make this move in my life and start making excuses. Every day when you just make one phone call to find out about that job or you're speaking up or you're taking action of any kind, it's a step toward that rise in energy vibration. So congratulate yourself on the little things that you're doing because the little things add up. That's how we get there. The third strategy is when you are cringing at the change of the seasons or change of any kind and you're taking the steps that you need to take to be brave and getting real with yourself is that every single day you need something to look forward to some reward for your work even if it's just one little action that you think is just really small and doesn't matter much and won't add up in the big scheme of things well it does and part of how you motivate yourself to keep moving forward and get those neurotransmitters firing in the direction that you want them to go in is to look forward to something some reward for your hard work so maybe it's a hot bath you know with candles and your favorite books maybe it's a walk by yourself maybe it's a good book a program that is mindless and stupid and awesome in all its shallowness to balance out the deep psychological work that you are doing every single day in this crazy ass world we are living in right now you need to find something that is fun something that's enjoyable for you not someone else in your household you you are here to create your own life, your way. And if you're not doing that in some way, shape, or form, you're going to feel depressed and anxious. It's that simple. Depression and anxiety, in my opinion, personally and professionally, is that they are both excellent clues to whether you are living on or off point. When you feel them, when you feel anxious, when you feel down in the dumps, something is happening to tell you, it's a body cue, that you are living out of alignment, that you are being pointed in another direction. So when you can harness that and embrace it and own it, find something that makes you happy every single day so you can right yourself from those feelings and then go in the direction that God intended you to go in. You are not destined to be miserable during the seasons that you don't enjoy currently. The message for you in all of this is that there is something you need to do to correct that confused and erroneous way of thinking. Life is meant to be enjoyed and appreciated in the present moment, even throughout all of the chaos. It's up to you to finally let the uncomfortable feelings drive you to the point where you say, I am worthy enough to enjoy all of it. The good, the yucky, the dark, the light, 
We must know contrast to know what we want. Appreciate the message of the contrast. Appreciate the anxiety that comes when you feel like, you know, you're not going to enjoy this time in your life. Appreciate the, the, the challenge that's being given you, the test for growth so that you can say, well, what would I have to do to maybe enjoy this time? What would I have to do to enjoy this month, this season? And then smile and accept the personal message that comes to you when you sit in the stillness and take action. It's your life to live. And if you don't live it, don't expect someone else to do it for you. All right, moving on to the questions for this week. So the first question I got was from a client about student procrastination, how to deal with it. Um, and it's, this could be adult procrastination too, any projects you know that you're responsible for. How to do what you don't want to do. So if you're a student in college um, or in high school or an adult that has to work on something that you don't want to do. There's always aspects to a project or a class. So let's say you're a music student. There's going to be classes that you're going to have to take that you can't stand. You know, there's, that's, that's just part of it. So you might be in a major that, that you totally love, but there's still going to be theoretical classes that just don't get you all psyched up. That's part of the process. Um, and that's like anything, you know, whether you're cooking something, you know, there's cleanup or you're studying something, there's going to be stats classes involved, let's say. There's always parts to the whole that aren't particularly pleasurable. So, you know, to the student question, I would particularly, I would say do what you don't want to do first in terms of homework. I've been, I've been using this strategy with kids with 80 ADD for years. Um, do do the stuff that you don't like first. Like get the worst subject if it's math or English, whatever it is for you. Don't do that first so that it's over, so that you can give yourself a reward for it being over, and the rest of the classes, the the subject matter, will flow easily. You know, much more easily for you. So if it's a project, let's say you're working on, then do the stuff that you know doesn't make you happy first. So maybe you do prep work. Um, you know, you, you get everything in order and you do that stuff first so that the rest of it is enjoyable for you. So set it up first where the daunting stuff comes and then once you get past that, it's like a reward for the hard stuff being over and then it's much more easily of a flow. And remember, reward yourself for doing the work that you don't like to get to the parts that you do. That That's the fun of it. Second question, I keep sabotaging my goals. It's annoying. I get there, and then I do something to wreck it. Does this sound like you? I think we've all done this at some point where we just sabotage the process, and it is so incredibly frustrating. Here's the thing. You and only you can fix this. You're the only person who can change it, and you can change it if you want to. It really comes down to worthiness. If you are someone who continues to sabotage yourself and your progress, whether it's relationships or it's success, self-actualization of any kind, it really is an issue of worthiness. We can often become addicted to chaos and drama and uh, non-success, we'll call it, if it's what we know. We know how to do drama and conflict and all of that. To get used to something new, you have to feel worthy of that new behavior, of, of that thing that you want. Th this is not easy. A great simple affirmation is to say, I am worthy. Say it often. Say it daily. 
feel it though when you're saying it say it 25 times a day twice a day say it on your walk say it when you're in the shower when you're brushing your teeth say it over and over again I am worthy so you get past the shallowness of just I am worthy I am worthy and you start to feel it I've talked about this before where you feel it in your body versus just lip service and when you start to feel it your body starts to believe it and when your body starts to believe what you are telling and feeding your brain you will now speak with worthiness. You will walk with worthiness. You will interact with people and give off a vibe that says, I am worthy. And then you are far more likely to execute all the way so that you get to that place of success and you own it and you do it for yourself. You don't have to do it for anybody else. It's just a process within yourself where you're like, I did it. I made it. I got past the chaos. I got past the gremlins telling me it's never going to work. You're going to fail. And you stand in that place of I did it. And then you can do it again. Third question this week was from someone who said, I don't like what I see in the mirror. Um, and I know that's a metaphor, um, how, how they described it, of you know, sometimes what you put out in the world and what you get back and what you're proud of and what you're not proud of. So um, a person who is whole knows what is good and not so good about themselves. So if you're a person who doesn't like what you see in the mirror, and again, we're talking about not just like, you know, your face and your, your physical um, attributes. We're talking about the metaphor of just not liking completely who you are. The first thing that I want you to do, if this speaks to you, is to own the good things about yourself. One of the first things I do when I work with people, depending on the situation, is that I ask them to list 25 things about themselves that are strong. And then list three things about themselves that they don't like. So 25 strong things, and this is a fun exercise if you would like to do this for yourself. List 25 things about yourself that are great and strong and that you really value about yourself. When you have strong self-esteem, you're going to rattle these off. And if you tend to get stuck, then pay attention to that. You know, take some time with it. Work up to 5, 10, 15, 20, but really try to reach that, those 25 things about yourself, whether it's you like the way you dress or the way you're kind to people, the way you feel other people, you know, you feel other people's good and bad, you're an, you know, an empathetic person, whatever that is, but own all of it, all the good things, but only focus on three things that you don't like. This way, the light will outshine the dark and you know, strong people, again, you, there's always going to be things about ourselves that we go, oh, you know, I got to work on this. This is, this is rough. This part of myself is just so still steeped in ego or it's, it's just not where I want it to be. That is okay. But if we only focus on those things, we're not going to give attention and light to the things about us that are really great. And everybody has them. Everybody has good things and everybody has not so good things. So, you know, continue to work on that shadow self. This way the light will outshine the dark. When you focus on what's good, you're going to give much more volume to the light, which is going to outshine the dark. Continue to work on that shadow self. Just the fact that you are willing and that you want to is half the battle. 
If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com, where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.